Thanks for tuning into the A Block Podcast. I'm Mandy Mitchell, sports anchor and reporter at WRL in Raleigh, North Carolina. In this episode, I talked to WZVN anchor Jeff Butera. Now, Jeff has worked for stations across the country. He worked in Phoenix and Tampa before landing in Fort Myers as an anchor. He's won numerous awards, including an Edward R. Murrow for hard news reporting. He is also the author of the latest edition of Write Like You Talk, which should be required reading for anyone getting into this business. I asked him how he got involved in the project. Well, the book started with a man named Ed Sardella, who uh, was the main anchor at KUSA in Denver for um, a couple of decades uh, in the 80s and 90s. He had cobbled together his notes on a lot of different topics related to writing for television news, and he created the original Write Like You Talk. Um, and I was a customer. Um, I bought the book when I first got into the business right after I left college, uh, at the suggestion of, um, uh, one of my mentors and, uh, found it very helpful and, um, kept it with me for the entirety of my career. And, um, in 2014, Ed decided that he wanted to retire his involvement with the book, but he wanted to keep the book alive. Um, so he was looking for somebody to take over. He had been writing new editions every couple of years, trying to stay current with what was happening in the industry. Um, so we wanted somebody to take over and, um, we had a mutual friend, uh, my agent, uh, had been a producer for him many, many years ago in Denver. And, uh, she, uh, got the two of us in touch and we had a couple of phone conversations talking about our philosophies on news and, and in particular writing inside of the industry. And ultimately he made the decision that, uh, he thought I was the right guy to continue on with the book. Um, so I ended up doing pretty much a full rewrite on the book just to make sure that it was in my words and um, kind of added different chapters that I felt like were relevant for uh, the modern part of our industry. Um, so it, it, the book is based a lot on the outline of his book uh, with, um, like I said, uh, pretty much a full rewrite to put it into my words um, and some additions here and there. Uh, but that's how the the book was born. Okay, let's talk about some of the stuff in the book. What are some of the things that you wanted to get across to young people that are coming up and their writing style and what they needed to focus on as they entered the business? The biggest theme, the, the, the overarching theme of the book is that your writing style should be defined by the fact that we are just trying to talk like everyday people talk outside in the world and that so often in our business, we have created newspeak, uh, this different language that you only hear on television news and you never hear out in the real world. And what I talk about in the introduction to the book is I think you are showing viewers respect if you talk in their language. And I think you're being disrespectful to them if you talk in your own created language that they have to adjust to. And if your goal is connecting with the viewer, and I think that's, that's absolutely our goal every day, just talk like them, talk in a conversational manner, talk to them, not at them, not above them, not just aloud so that people can hear us, but talk to them and have a conversation. And that's defined by writing conversationally. And as the, you know, as the book title is writing, like you talk. What are some of the phrases that you hear that, really make it like nails on a chalkboard for you when you're listening to other people deliver the news? The first one that jumps out is when we say that neighborhoods are on high alert. Um, 
there are cliches that jump out every day that you only hear on television, the, the lucky to be alive and the, you know, the typical ones you hear every day. One of the ones that always uh, gets to me is um, people love to call fires blazes. And I've never understood that because I've never heard anybody outside of our industry call a fire a blaze. And I, I know it's based on this idea that we feel like we can't say fire more than once, but, but nobody is at home counting how many times we're saying fire. And that's what it is. It's a fire. You should just call it what it is. Um, but there are a number of them that the, the barometer for me is would I ever hear this in everyday life? And if the answer is no, it probably doesn't belong on television either. The problem is, though, then people are coming up in the business and they watch the networks and the evening news and they're constantly using terms like blaze and they're writing in passive voice. And Does that bother you at all that the, the top parts of our, our business do not write like they talk? It does. It does. And I'm very careful to point out, look, we're talking about style choices. There is no objective right and wrong. We are making style choices with what we do. And the reality is they are the network. They are people who have achieved a, a level of success in this build uh, in this business that you do look at and say, okay, I mean, those are the top of the people in our field, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're doing it right. When I watch some of the network newscasts and I hear them turn every verb into an ING, add ING to every verb, to me, that doesn't sound conversational at all. To me, it sounds like they're speaking an alien language. And I'm sure that they believe they're adding a level of urgency to their newscast. And maybe it is working with them, but I don't believe that it, it does actually engender yourself to viewers. And it wouldn't be my choice. Um, but it does create, what ends up happening is, I think it creates bad habits among the young people in our industry. And I think that's, that's one of the things that I've found with this book is we have young people coming out of college, um, young reporters and young producers, and writing has not been emphasized in college. You and I both went to the University of Florida, and quite frankly, it was. I think we did have a good backbone for, for writing, having gone to school where we did. But my sense is it's maybe not emphasized as much as some of the other schools that are out there. And you know, these, these 22 year olds end up in a newsroom sort of looking for a guide on how are we going to do this? How am I supposed to do this? So they end up looking around the newsroom and they see cliches and they see false present tense and they see these things that only TV news people are doing in their writing. And they think, well, if that's the way that's it's being done inside of this newsroom, that must be the way that I should be doing it. So they end up copycatting that writing style and that becomes their new backbone for how they're going to write. And all of a sudden in six to six months to a year, they are now the veteran inside of the newsroom because you have so much uh, turnover inside of the, you know, the stations in the first job markets. And now they become the people who are guiding the new young people inside of that newsroom. And the new young people see that. And it becomes this cycle, this circle of, um, you know, writing that, that isn't conversational, that just gets perpetuated over and over again. Um, and I think that that's one of the concerns that you have is you see people copycatting that, you see them copycatting the network, and what I consider to be non-conversational writing just gets perpetuated. And that's where I think the book, the book has value. It's, it's a different way of looking at things. 
it's a different way to create the backbone for your own writing. And that's where I think it has value. You know, it was written for college students and it was written for the young people in our business. Uh, for a lot of veterans inside of our business, this is going to be old hat. It might be a good refresher and a reminder, but this is really designed for the young people in our business. In the book, you talk about passive versus active voice. How important is that? I see a lot of passive writing in our business, and I think that's something that's really important for people to get a handle on early. So how important do you see that? I think it's very important uh, on my website. Um, it's actually the sample section from the book that I, I put up to let people kind of know what you're going to get out of the book. It's, it's hugely important to me just because I believe that active verbs sound so much better to the ear. And the reality is we are writing for the ear. We are not writing to be read and we are writing to be heard. And um, active voice is so much better. What I found, though, is that is one of the most commonly misunderstood concepts when it comes to what we do. A lot of people feel like the difference between active and passive voice has to do with tense, and it doesn't. It's not about present tense versus past tense. Um, it has nothing to do with whether the active is, or the active voice is creating um, a sense that people are moving. It's not you know running and jumping verbs versus sitting and standing verbs. It, it simply has everything to do with the idea that the subject of the sentence is supposed to carry out the action of the verb. You know, whatever the verb is, the subject of your sentence is supposed to be doing it. Um, and it's beneficial for a, a number of reasons, which I outline in the book, partially because it sounds better to the ear. Um, you know, it sounds better to say John ran the race than the race was run by John, which is the, the definition right there of active versus passive. But I think it also makes us better journalists because it forces you to figure out who is actually conducting the action of the verb. So if you say an investigation has been launched, you not only have a passive verb that does not sound very good to the ear, but you have not told your viewer who is actually conducting that investigation. And you don't have to because of the way the sentence is structured, but it forces you to be a better journalist to find out, okay, the FBI is conducting the investigation or has launched the investigation. Now the subject of your sentence is conducting the action of the verb. And at the same time, you've been a better journalist to figure out an extra fact that wasn't required with a passive, uh, passive voice. In the real world of a newsroom, we all know that there are things happening. You might even have only 30 seconds to write a story. And if you're a young person who's not used to doing this, there's a lot of fear involved in making sure it sounds right, making sure the anchors like what you're writing. And I think that's what kind of tends to lead to this news speak that we do. What's your advice for somebody that's coming in that maybe has that fear and doesn't want a million things to think about when they're get, sitting down to write their first stories? I think that's absolutely one of the things that happens. And one of the one of the things that creates sort of the bad habits and perpetuates some of the, the non-conversational writing is the reality of our daily deadlines. The fact that we don't have much time and we've got a lot of news to produce. And sometimes you have to do it in two minutes as opposed to taking the five or 10 minutes that's going to get you a better VO. Um, so you end up sort of just falling into a trap of formulaic writing and fill in the blank writing and using the same cliches that have worked before. And you know that they, they can get you through that story. So you end up doing that. And I think that the first piece of advice is to be cognizant of the fact that that could happen. Um, one of the values that I found 
in Ed's original book was if I would just go back and read it every six months, it was a great refresher course to kind of give me a chance to assess where I'd been in the last six months and some of the things that I didn't even realize I was doing, but I had started to uh, do quite often some of the, the traps and the, the cliches and the mistakes of, of bad writing that you fall into because of a daily grind. So the first piece of advice is to be cognizant of the fact that that happens. And to me, the second part is to create the base of good writing, um, make that the habit that you fall into when you need to, you know, when you're, when you don't have time to really craft a story, what you want to fall back into is good habits. Uh, the things that you've taught yourself how to do when you've taught yourself to hear passive verbs and say, that can't be the way I, I do this. I need to write it active. Um, that become, that has become such an important thing for me that my ears scream alarm bells when I hear or, or read my own writing aloud and see a passive verb. I, I, it's, it's like my brain doesn't allow it. It's saying, where's the subject? The subject needs to conduct this verb. Let's flip this sentence around. Um, you know, if you create a backbone of the good habits, that's going to be there when you're up against the clock. So where can people buy this book and get all this knowledge we've been talking about? Go to our website, which is writelikeyoutalk.com. Uh, it's all one word. Uh, it's very easy to buy there. Um, there's a little buy button. Uh, all you have to do is click it. If you go to the website and you're still kind of unsure, like I said, there is a sample section where you can kind of get a sense of what the book is about. The, the chapter on um, active and passive is right there. So you can read it and see how, um, you know, the writing is outlined. Um, there's a, a bio on me and a bio on Ed. So you can kind of just get a sense of, of what it is that you'll be buying. Um, the price is 1999 uh, with $3.99 for shipping. And it goes out almost immediately, um, you know, when you buy the book. Um, and then I also run a Twitter page uh, where we just have an active discussion about good writing, bad writing, things that you've seen that you feel like works, things that you've seen that you feel like doesn't work. Um, whenever I come across something uh, in my daily job that um, I see some people doing that I think might be improved upon, I'll put things out there on Twitter just as a, a kind of starter uh, for the discussion. Um, the Twitter account is a little bit different because of uh, character limits. It is right like you talk, but the U is a single U, the consonant U, instead of Y-O-U. So write like you talk, and that's where you'll find me on Twitter. Thanks to Jeff Butera for giving us the time today and sharing the story of Write Like You Talk. He is also a contributor to the blog, writes some great stuff. You can check that out at ablockblog.com. This has been the A Block Podcast. I'm Mandy Mitchell.